0: And now it's time to bait our hooks, cast our nets, drop our poles in the water, and fish for some jokes with Down on the Dock. Episode 3 of Down on the Docks. My name is Chris Neff. I'm joined today with my co-host, a good friend, Dustin Torres. How are you, buddy? Fucking miserable. Yeah, right. That sobriety's a real bitch, Oh, it's great. I feel awesome. I feel the same every single fucking day. Yeah, there you go. And, of course, somebody that's not sober and just got rebaked, as he uh, uh, claims, our favorite (laughs) producer and open micer extraordinaire, Dave Sarah. How are you?
1: Rebake.
2: This is not the fourth time we've done this.
0: Oh, so, hey, we're going to move forward forward so um guys thanks for joining us um if you like the show as always please please leave us a five-star review on itunes say some kind words about us or if you're listening on spotify or google play give us uh, a, a five-star review there as well um so guys new one today this is a first for down on the docks um i opened up a poll and put out suggestions for our listeners to pick which doc we were going to cover uh put three out there First was The Invisible Pilot, which uh, Dustin and I enjoyed a lot. It's on HBO. And then also we put up Bad Vegan, which was getting a lot of talk. Uh, I loved it as well. And then lastly, I put up D.B. Cooper, Where Are You? And it was a runaway vote. Everybody loves D.B. Cooper. Everybody loves D.B. Cooper. They want us to cover it. So here we are. So let's get after it. Let's get down on the docks. Um, So this is uh, a Netflix release, released July 13th, 2022. Title is called D.B. Cooper, Where Are You? Directed by Marina Zenovich. It is a four-part docuseries. And let's just jump right in. Let's start with episode one. Uh, Episode one is titled Take the Money and Jump, okay? So this thing starts off um, titles come up, San Diego, 2013. But the weird thing that they did to introduce this documentary is, they make it look like the camera is a uh, actual recording camera, like the battery percentages in the top right, it says it's recording. And it just came off cheesy right off the jump. It's like, don't help us out, we're not fucking morons. We understand you guys are up to something. And what these guys are doing is they're staking out a guy who they are convinced is DB Cooper, and for some reason they're packing guns. Yeah, I don't know. That?
1: Yeah, they like they pull up to him and they have a gun, and I'm like, okay, so you don't know if this is DB Cooper, but you're gonna fucking shoot him.
0: Yeah, what if he says <laughs> no? You're gonna pull out a gun and. <laughs> oh my god, it's not him. These fucking dorks are are practicing like Krav Maga and like uh, Jiu-Jitsu uh, in the parking lot, and they're like, what if he comes at us?
1: Uh- this guy's literally trying to fix a fucking outboard Johnson, and these guys <laughs> are like practicing their sh- shot at him. I'm like, dude, you're just too some much. Real
2: so, Steven Seagal shit.
0: Yeah, yeah so, it is here's the thing. We find out Hard that the kill. guy that they're on the case that is convinced is D.B. Cooper. He's a guy that works in a marina. He's got a boat shop. He's an older gentleman. And right off the bat, um, he's just saying, um, why are you guys harassing? What, what, what are you bothering me? And, you know, they're like, why don't you just say you're D.B. Cooper?
1: In all fairness, the guy won't answer him. He's just like, he's like, they're like, are you D.B. Cooper? He's like, here's the thing. I don't have to answer anything. But yeah. He never
0: answers any, like, one question. Yeah, and he's just like, w- w- what the fuck are you guys doing here? You know, he's like, this is my job. And Does so this guy
2: know who D.B. Cooper was, though? Yeah,
0: who fucking knows? Maybe. So, anyway... Through vintage newsreels, uh, we get a crash course on the famous DB Cooper case and his legend. From old to young, we find out people are fascinated by the story. And for the record that for those of you who don't know the score story, DB Cooper is still the only skyjacker to get away and not be caught by
1: the way this is stealing money it's not jacking off in an airplane for all you fucking weirdos out there like wait a second the guy was skyjacking skyjack Is
2: that still mile high club status no no when you take money on an airplane and solo aviator division so
0: so just to give you the history this uh you know this is a very famous unsolved case it's 50 years ago and, um, you know, we meet the star of the documentary who is a DB Hunter or DB Cooper uh, super sleuth named Tom Colbert. Okay? It's the 50th okay. anniversary for the first time somebody skyjacked. <laughs> <laughs> he's a citizen detective and he's positive right off the, the jump that he knows who DB Cooper is. Okay. The cake has icing on the cum. I don't. Oh God! I I totally said that. Yeah.
2: Hey, get those get
0: those bombs in early because we got a lot of other bombs. We're gonna. I'm cutting all this out. Okay. Where's my cane? So Tom wrote a book (laughs) called. Tom wrote a book called The Last Master Outlaw on DB Cooper, Um, and he says, "Quote: My team has no doubt we have found DB Cooper. I want the truth out. If it hurts, it hurts. Oh, it's gonna." So then we also meet a fellow sleuther by the name of Gregory Gray. And uh, he wrote a book called Skyjack. No jokes here. <laughs> the Hunt for D.B. Cooper. And he says, quote, this case is a marathon, a gauntlet. It's a sacrifice. It forces you to question your own sanity. And to how never to fucking get laid. <laughs> right, right, right. Because these guys, they're they're, they're deep. Oh, God. They're so the, the, the mm-hmm. new team. Uh, calls their suspect. They call him back on the phone after this guy's like, fuck you. Just let me fucking work on my tackle bait shop job. And he says, our team is convinced that you are the infamous sky skyjacker, D.B. Cooper. And he replies, "Uh, infamous or famous? I thought it was famous. So he's already fucking with them again. And he's like fucking with them and, you know, pulling semantics on them. And Tom says, bottom line, I don't do theories. I don't do folklore.
2: I don't do legends. I do facts. You or guys. he just didn't know what infamous man he was. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. He was like,
0: like, uh, is it like that one gets t- everybody. <laughs> you know, <laughs> is it there? Or <laughs> sure it's yeah. not famous? <laughs> is it there? Yeah. There, or there, there. Okay. Look. Okay. So we fade into Los Angeles and we meet Tom and says, Tom, Tom says, why am I doing this? You're a fucking loser. (laughs) I mean, that's all he does. It's like he's been doing this for like 20 years. Tom says this 10 year journey is the longest case I've ever worked on. It's affected my family members. I've watched my wife and I have frustrations. And fuck the neighbor because I haven't been doing my job. (laughs) Right. She's like fucking the milkman because he's too obsessed with the (laughs) D. Why do I have two
1: black sons?
0: Tom says we spent a lot of money, but we're a team and we all agreed to stick with this. And to not have sex and spend our life savings to not find D.B. Cooper. They haven't fucking, nobody knows if it's him. All right. So let's get into the case. We're going to tell you the D.B. Cooper story. Uh, They flash back to November 27th, 1971, which I, if I recall, it was like the day before Thanksgiving, maybe the day after. And we meet Bill Mitchell. Now, Bill Mitchell was the man who sat next to D.B. Cooper on the plane. And just to give you a little refresher course, D.B. Cooper gets on the plane, sits in the last row by the shitters, and uh, this is a short flight. It's from Portland to Seattle, 38 minutes long, okay? Now, Bill is their best eyewitness, uh, one of their best eyewitnesses. And he first of all, he says he remembers that the sun was out and uh, it was a little cloudy, and D.B. Cooper was wearing sunglasses, so he said to himself, that's kind of different. Who does this guy think he is? And I'm thinking, what do you mean? A regular guy that's Bill's got- a real fucking square, by the way. <laughs> that wears sunglasses because it's sunny out? Um, Again, 38-minute flight. Apparently, you have barely enough time to even order a drink.
1: But enough time to smoke like fucking 18 packs of cigarettes because- yeah, they're still looking for cigarettes. We'll get to that.
0: Okay. It. So, yeah. And by the way, I don't want to blow it for anybody, but if those were Lucky Strikes or Chesterfield, <laughs> D.B. Cooper fucking died 30 years ago. You're done. Yeah. I've never got the fucking filterless cigarette thing, by the way. They call them cowboy killers. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're fucking, yeah. They're yeah, bad. I mean, it. if you smoke one, you're lucky to get five drags before your fingers are on fire. Insta And just burning. Yeah. You yeah.
1: meet a chick that smokes filterless cigarettes, do not fucking date
0: her. Yeah, and all you got to do is check for her fingers. If yeah. she's got yellow fingers, <laughs> there's, your, there's your tip right Jaundice. there. So D.B. Cooper passes a note to the stewardess or what are the, they were called waitresses back then in the air, I think. That was the appropriate term. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, Sky so, Waitress. Sky Waitress, yeah. So we meet through vintage um, uh, Unsolved Mysteries uh, news footage uh, the, the waitress who was uh, Florence Schaffner and the note said, I have a bomb in my briefcase. I want you to sit beside me. It's a hell of a pickup line. <laughs> <laughs> he ordered, he orders $200,000 and four parachutes, uh, which back then is basically a million dollars. And Tom, the sleuth, is fascinated. He was like, this guy was a genius. He didn't just order one parachute, all right? He really thought this out and ordered four in case they tried to booby trap him or if they were going to take a sky waitress hostage. And I'm like, that's not genius. That's just called planning a high. If he was
1: brilliant, he'd order 200 grand in an almanac.
0: <laughs> so they move everybody to the front of the plane, and they don't tell what's going on in the plane. All right? So the jet circles around, goes back to the Seattle airport, and the passengers don't know what's going on. Well, the plane eventually lands in Seattle, and Cooper instructs the waitress to close all the windows for some reason. Um, and then... The detectives uh, show up. They hand over the money and the parachutes. All the passengers exit, and the stewardess does claim she saw dynamite in the briefcase. Okay. And the whole
1: time that, by the way, the whole time this guy's smoking cigarettes,
0: he's just (laughs) yeah. I mean, he's he's just like ashing near (laughs) near the fucking (laughs) dynamite.
1: Never mind, like in the bomb going off. If he puts out one more cigarette on this briefcase,
0: I like the way the documentary kind of gave us a wrap. Uh, or some background on what traveling was like back in the 70s because it's not like today. No, it's you know, they free claim, yeah, they claim it was like walking into a supermarket back then. You know, there was no airport security, no, uh, no metal detectors. They didn't want you. I got pulled over by the way, they went through my Metamucil Ugh. and it took me 20 minutes. Poo glue, and yeah, and they're like uh, thinking that my Metamucil is like a bomb.
2: And one this was, guy
0: with the shoe bomb, we all have to suffer one guy yeah. one guy that cares about <laughs> proper digestive health and we all have to suffer. So this was cool. Did you uh, did you guys see well I, I Dave, you didn't watch it, right? I fuck now. Okay, let's keep it that way. So uh, they showed a vintage OJ commercial when he used to do Hertz commercials, and he
1: I didn't. Just and I didn't through. know that black people could fly back then. So <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't know if it was allowed or
2: not. Yeah, it was 1970. The thing is that they were able to fly; they just wouldn't allow them into the airports. There I we think go. was the workaround that the UCD Oh, oh I see, Okay. I see. So
0: um, they also focused on like how like st- uh, stewardesses back in the day. They were fetishized and they were like groped and harassed. Uh, but the other thing is the planes had so much more space back then. Like there were like bars. It, it was like the 70s. that had like the vintage sunken in living room. Yeah. You can get a blow job in the <laughs> yeah. first class. Every, yeah. every plane looked like the set of Mad Men. Yeah, pretty much. And the other thing is there were tons of skyjackings back then. And semen everywhere. <laughs> but it makes sense. You know, no one's checking you for anything. It's like, yeah, of course there's going to be a lot of skyjacking. Just a
1: better time. <laughs> yeah.
0: So then they introduce. Uh, a woman by the name of Joanna Mendez. And now she's a former chief of disguise with the CIA. And she's interviewed and mentioned how common the skyjackings were. I
1: don't even know what the fuck that means. She like handed out the fake mustaches and the nose glass kit. Oh, the Groucho Marxist? Yeah, here you go.
0: (laughs) I'm the chief of
1: disguise.
0: Uh, Here's your bald cap. (laughs) Oh, by the (laughs) way, we got these things called whoopee cushions. They're pretty funny, too, if you want to try one of these out. Um, So... Anyway, they interviewed the stewardess and she claims that D.B. Cooper went up to her and said, I've got something hard in your back. So take me to the cockpit. Now, that hard. No, I swear to God. (laughs)
2: Come on.
0: The hard (laughs) thing (laughs) was a comb and a pen inside of a sweater. Because that that feels just like a gun or dick. So
2: so the plane. Take the sweater off. Is that a
1: gun or dick or is that a sweater? That's a a sweater comb. Is that a sweater (laughs) comb, a dick or a a gun? Because I've sucked on a sweater and a home before. Just, it's it doesn't, not the same. Yeah.
0: So th- the plane then takes off. Everybody's gone now. So it's just uh, the waitress and a couple of guys flying the plane. And DB, he says, fly at 250 miles an hour with the flaps down at a super low elevation. Yeah, like, hey, Marlboro
2: man, why don't you shut the
1: fuck
0: up
2: and let us fly this plane? Good luck. <laughs> This guy knows already, like, the technicalities. Like, oh, you he think? He knows what's up. Dude. Yeah. This is some inside bullshit. Well, you think? Yeah. 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 So,
0: anyway, um, the, the pilot's are like, we can't fly at that speed. And he's like, listen, I know you can. Do it. So, they interview uh, a stewardess, Tina Mucklaw, That was her name. They tell her to go to the cockpit, lock the door. And at this point, <laughs> they're in the front of the plane, and they hear a loud boom. All right? Now, what that boom was, was the aft stairs. Aft means rear, by the way. That's the back of the plane. The, the stairs were coming down. So at this point, they surmise that this is when D.B. Cooper strapped the money to his body and jumped out into the dark divide.
1: A.K.A. Dave's asshole. Somewhere oh, yeah. between Seattle and Portland.
0: All right. So the next day, of course, there's like this huge manhunt and the local cops can't find any sign of parachutes or palm Mall cartons, and <laughs> the FBI... Yeah, there should be
1: cigarettes. It should be so easy to find this guy. There's a fucking <laughs> ashtray over here, guys. Give me the
0: bag. Well, there's no fake mustaches? <laughs> yeah. Just... Uh, chief of Disguise. Yeah, yeah. Chief
2: uh, of Disguise. FBI. Yeah, what is that? That's a real thing? Apparently. Yeah. We'll is have it? to Google it. That's um, the tr- chief tranny officer now? <laughs> here we go.
0: We'll get to the trannies, because there is one. Um, really? So, but the FBI still isn't sure that he jumped in that area. But then the documentary focuses on, like, the locals that think he's, like, the shit. You know, some loser's like, I think he's one of the slickest cats on the face of the earth, dude. <laughs> you know, he didn't hurt anybody. He, you know, he's like everybody. We all want to be D.B. Cooper. you from Ohio, huh? Oh, is that how they talk? I guess. So. Anyway, uh, D.B. Cooper, here's the thing, though. All these years people have been calling him D.B. Cooper, that wasn't the name he gave them. Yeah. He gave them the name Dan Cooper. But apparently somebody in the reporter pool fucked it up and called him D.B. Cooper because he was like hard of hearing or something. So all this all this time, it's been Dan Cooper. But, you know, we get to the folk hero status and people are like in fan clubs. They're making homemade merch. They're writing songs about him. They're like, he's a fucking Robin Hood. He beat the system. You know, there was a movie. There were several movies. I didn't know this. So there was a movie about D.B. Cooper in 1981 uh, called Pursuit of D.B. Cooper starring Robert Duvall and Treat Williams. So, you know, I would have thought they would have uh, gone with somebody different. Burt Reynolds would have been so much better. You, but. You know, I, but I'm pretty sure he was hot on his Smokey and the Bandit fame back then. Oh, that's right. Yeah, probably just done that issue of Playbo- Playgirl. Running that Coors, that Colorado Kool-Aid. <laughs> He's bound it down. Load it up. Man. Yeah, got to get that fucking Coors to Texarkana. Um, so interestingly, there were more movies. There was uh, a one called white rabbit. There was one called expedition unknown and then one called November 1971.
1: And all these movies were,
0: were produced by a man named John Cooper. <laughs> it's like... Um, now at this point, the doc focuses on the suspects. Now there's over a thousand of them. And the first one they feature uh, is Richard Floyd McCoy, which is a hell of a name. Mm -hmm. I I dug this guy. Now, it turns out Richard Floyd McCoy... Never
1: even thought about fucking another guy. (laughs) No, no.
0: He was a NAM vet, and he was a parachutist, and he pulled this exact same routine five months after Dv. But then they bring all the eyewitnesses in and they're like, he looks nothing like D.B. Cooper. And he
1: didn't smell like smoking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The guy's like, trust me, it's not him. Why? He doesn't smoke. Do do a chest x-ray? I've never (laughs) had a cigarette in my life. This guy can take a breath. Hey, do you want (laughs) to smell my fingers? Uh, Because that's not me. (laughs) They they were
1: looking for it so long. They're like, well, we found Bigfoot, but we still haven't found DB Cooper. Yeah, because they, they're on the ground. There's huge ground searches.
0: We found two Bigfoot.
2: Yeah, actually. exactly.
1: We found both Sasquatches, but we can't find DB. So and uh, a bunch of
0: unfuckable white dudes. They <laughs> caught this guy, and I know this from another documentary. They found him in Salt Lake, and he had all the money, and he was just like, "Got me." Um, <laughs> so then they focus on this other guy who was uh, Dwayne Weber, and he pulled a deathbed confession. I think he was out of Florida. And uh, it turns out he's just like an insurance salesman that had been arrested six times, That's 16, amazing. 16 times. But there were a lot of these, there was a lot of these deathbed, you know, confessions that came out. And then this one's very good. This is good points to what Dave was asking earlier. Yeah. There is a third spe- suspect by the name of Barb Dayton that confessed. But here's the thing Burb. Barb wasn't actually Barb Dayton. Barb was Bob Dayton and got oh, a sex change. Shit. And they're saying that would have been the ultimate cover. And yeah. Barb has the honor of having the first <laughs> sex change operation. <laughs> he, would they give her a fucking plaque? Yeah. In the state of Washington, apparently, oh, if you get talked for the <laughs> first time. Here's your banana split
2: <laughs> and a statue. Oh, man. I want a banana split now. Dude. I know. I'm starving. A, so, B, uh, though, Let me ask this about yeah. uh, Bob. Barb. <laughs> Barb. Bob. Um, were there were any uh, fake mustaches found? I they didn't go into that. Okay, so, yeah. which on which one?
0: The head or down below? <laughs> <laughs> so again, they go into the sub- culture. There, there's, there's like DB Cooper themed bars where they have like uh, dr- uh, beers named after him. You know, but they're named after the flight number. They're named after his tie. I mean, these guys are hardcore. There's like a D.B. Cooper Disneyland. All right. D.B. Cooper cigarettes.
2: See, this is why it stinks of just Federale, because it's like. What do you like, mean? The Mexican police? Just like. You know, we have said nothing about yeah, the Mexican yeah, police. You're <laughs> baked, aren't you? Like, you know what I mean by Federale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the he, the thinks, it's a, he fed, thinks it's an inside job. American feds. But that, like, it's pushed so hard. Like, there's a D.B. Cooper. Like uh, I feel like they're first either everybody's trying, getting paid. They're trying to they're trying to either first steal the money, right? Second of all, they're trying to get more money from their department. Okay. Third, you need another. That's a good. Man. That's a good point. Third, that's a good third, point. They're gonna, they're trying to incite people to do this so that they can catch more. Fourth, of
0: them. you're super baked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But hey, that's if a good it point. Doesn't discount anything. That's okay. true. It's true.
2: Okay, so there was
0: another DB citing in a... I think it was a Disney movie called Loki. Yeah, also produced it's by a crazy. Stan Cooper. <laughs> that, 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 that's the ultimate cover. It's crazy. Um, and then the "Without a Paddle" movie. I don't remember it. Seth Green was in yeah. in it, and they it's cheesy, but it's funny. They so, mentioned DB yeah. Cooper. Breaking right? Bad had the best one. Oh, yeah. Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Odenkirk, um, uh, Walter <laughs> White, he's like got to go undercover and he walks in and Odenkirk says, Hey, should I call the FBI and tell them I found D.B. Cooper? <laughs> and he's not having
2: it. <laughs> so imagine D.B. Cooper is agent Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks. That's, I don't, uh, big I don't remember. Peaks. The I do. Twin Peaks
0: that much. I do. Okay. So Tom Colbert, he holds uh, a press conference in LA in 2016. Now, he says he's got a major break in the case, okay? Because he knows a cameraman that used to work for him that knows a gambler <laughs> who knows <laughs> to,
2: <you> yeah, <laughs> to TV Oh, okay, covers. I'm in, yeah. Joking. You're joking. No, I'm no, serious. No, he and, said it. He's like, I know this David, gambler who knows. A- uh, and then this sparks like an investigation. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is where it's going. Because Holy there's if there's one thing I know, gamblers, they
0: love coming up with stories because they need money because they gambled it. Yeah. So anyway... The contact his name is Ron Carlson, okay? And he's willing to take a lie detector test. Now, we learn in 1978 that Ron Carlson is a drug runner on the West Coast, and he claims he met D.B. Cooper in 1978 and claims he was his cocaine supplier. OK? Now this That's is wh- crazy. Yeah, but here's where it gets even better. So he says. Uh, He knows a guy named Dick (laughs) Briggs. I wish I knew a guy named Dick Briggs.
2: Oh, my nice connection. Dick Briggs. That's right. That's a fake name. I mean, call Richard, please. Uh, no, it's Dick, Dick it's Dick, Dick, Briggs Dick Briggs for the Dick rest Briggs, of the podcast. Dick York, Dick Sargent. Hey buddy, if Sergeant we're gonna do the, if we're gonna do the fucking
0: <laughs> I Dream of Genie shit, I will tell you right now, Dick York was the best Darren See, on on I Dream of Genie. That's
2: how you know you're older than me, is because I thought that as a it's technically a Wayne's world reference.
0: Oh, and you didn't even know that there I was a show the called Sergeant, I Dick Sargent Dick York.
2: I, I didn't realize necessarily that it came from I Dream of Genie. Uh-huh. But I've i kind of vaguely remember Yeah, Dick Larry Hagman. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I just saw those big fucking tits. Yeah, she was God great. Damn. Fuck yeah.
0: Barbara Billingsley? Was that her name? Sure. Or, no, <laughs> that's the mom from Leave it to Beaver. Yeah. Beaver. I, fuck, I can't remember. Anyway, so let's get back to Dick Briggs. Dick D- Briggs. DB. <laughs> Dick Briggs. <laughs> so he says he was an associate of Cooper's. Now, Ron says he claims at a party, he pointed over to a young couple. I'm speaking of Dick Briggs. It points over to a young hippie couple that has a son, and they're the ones that are going to find my money in three days. This is Dick Briggs talking to Ron. Now, guess what? Sure enough, three days later, there's all this news coverage, and they find five grand of D.B. Cooper's missing money. How many years after the event is this now-ish? seven. Why wow. isn't anybody talking about a fucking 10-year-old at
1: a cocaine party?
0: I, I, was,
1: I mean, seriously, I wasn't even allowed to go like in the living room when there was like parties with adults.
0: It was a different time back then. Jesus. You know, if you couldn't get a babysitter, you're going to miss a coke party? Yeah, don't worry about it, son. Sorry, And they're not like dogs. You can't leave them in the car with the window cracked. You can't. go in, you do your coke, yeah. and then you drive them home coked up, and <laughs> hopefully everything works out all right. Oh, uh, the 80s. So um, If you don't want to have to strangle them, you do leave them in the car. <laughs> yeah. So Put the windows up. Yeah, so anyway, Tom, at this point, looks to his wife and says, Honey, I think we got a wild one here. All right? <laughs> she's <laughs> like, what, we're finally going to be able to fuck? <laughs> yeah, she's like, uh, could somebody flick my bean? Because I know you really care <laughs> you know. about D.B. Cooper, but I want to come. Smash <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> my bug. So Dick Briggs, uh, turns out, was a former serviceman, and he had background in the Army with parachutes, Okay. And apparently they called him Bugsy because he was a little squirrely. Old Bugsy, Squir- Bugsy Dick Briggs. Dude, these names. This, this guy is only, just keeps getting this, better and, and better. It's
2: only the 70s. It's not fucking... We're not in the 1940s where I people... Didn't, hey, didn't, it's didn't, Bugsy Dick Briggs. No, I'm saying like people... It's not like people didn't know... Like, this is ridiculous. Dick okay. Briggs... But listen to this. It gets better. This is according to a, This is no, written by the CIA. Just go with it.
0: According to the eyewitness, Dick Briggs, he, he would do party tricks, and he'd like drink... A shot, and then he chewed the glasses. The, he was drinking, and his mouth would just be all bloody. That's hardcore. And also, Hulk
2: Hogan did that.
0: Oh, okay, well, there you go. So it's, you're saying it's fake? It's, yeah. Okay. So um, one year, they claim that uh, Dick Briggs and Ron Carlson they go to an official DB Cooper festival, and you know they're having a great time. And Dick Briggs is sulking in the corner, and Ron's like, "What's wrong, Dick Briggs?" <laughs> <laughs>
2: <He's> like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, What's wrong with Dick? <laughs> Can you spell Briggs? Is it Briggs? Briggs. But yes. I'm saying Dick Biggs. Major, yeah. dude, there's even a Major Briggs in Twin Peaks, dude.
0: I think there's a Major Briggs in I Dream of Genie. Oh my That's god. god! Major this Briggs. Oh fucking. Bo- okay. Crazy. So Air Force. Ma- so wait a minute. Are we just figuring this out on our own? I that mean, these fucking morons didn't connect. That this were all my Dream of Genie references. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom oh Carlson's my god. like, Here we go. I'm gonna.
2: Tom Colbert's <laughs> like, I'm gonna throw another fifty grand. Yeah. Holy shit! We all you have to do is watch "I Dream of Genie. Okay, it's so like the National Treasure. Like maps are being created, but the connections are being made.
0: Okay, but here's the thing. Back to Dick Briggs. Dick Briggs. He's sulking at the D- at the DB Cooper Festival. Sure. And Ron's like, "What's wrong, Dick Briggs?" <laughs> and he's like, "He's like, all these people are having such a great time." But I'm starving, I- and there's no shot glasses. <laughs> To bite down on. Uh, He's like, I can't take credit for it because I am DB Cooper. I mean, that's gotta suck. That's like being like, you know what? That's like that's like being a the masked man in an 800 person gangbang, and you're not able to take the credit. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like, Chris. That's yeah. Oh
1: man, I can't. Nobody knows I fucked all these. I don't think that's. Oh wait a minute, that actually
0: makes that makes zero sense. You couldn't be a masked man in a gangbang. Because there's no way you could come 800 times. It would have to be the girl that was masked. You're right. That's right. It doesn't make any sense. I can't even. Okay, so here's the thing, though. Tom, he says, I'm going to make a documentary on Dick Biggs, Briggs. So he says, Tom, are you willing to take a lie detector test? And Tom says, of course I am. Now, keep in mind, Tom's a fucking gambler. And he probably knows how to fucking ice the machine. Yeah,
2: and he works for the FBI. Oh, okay, (laughs) that's
0: right. So Ron takes three lie detector tests. And passes with the FBI present. Now, here's the thing: they don't just bring in some guy. They bring in Jack Tomarco. Everybody knows Jack Tamarco, right? Mm-mm. You don't? Okay. Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Well, Jack Tomarco is a world famous polygrapher. So, <laughs> oh, excuse me, he's a world famous polygrapher. It's he, he, the he people. Fucks d- and, oh,
2: here we go. What? He fucks children. No, and,
0: and, no, no, you dumb <laughs> fuck. He's a when you take a polygraph Uh,
1: polygrapher yeah you're Uh, not a fucking pedophile
0: (laughs) uh, they brought in the
1: best pedophile we've ever seen Uh, you don't
0: walk around saying i'm a fucking polygrapher." (laughs) you say i'm a polygrapher Polygrapher yeah this guy was number one uh, pederast i I
2: think we and my wife went to one of those parties one time
0: (laughs) so here's here's where it gets interesting uh they find out that dick briggs died in a one-car accident in Portland under mysterious circumstances. The Clintons, obviously. Oh, come on. There we go. But they find out he never went to the Nam or had ever parachuted. And more importantly, he didn't fit the profile. He was a short and stocky guy, and he was a weekend warrior for the reserves. So, right. cool, Dick Briggs, bullshit. Thank you for your service.
2: Thank you for your service. <laughs> Thanks, Dick.
0: So then the, the documentary shifts and we go back to Gregory. So Gregory was one of the original super sleuths and he quote says, all who look for Cooper experience what's known as the Cooper curse. It's booby trapped. Okay. So he's basically saying, if you're going to do this, prepare not to get pussy for <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> At least. Yeah. If you're going to do this.
2: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like AIDS almost. Oh, it's a gay thing? Maybe. Okay. Here so, we go. So
0: yeah, make a note. Um, So anyway, they do a a flashback and we we see Gregory's early days and he's a crime reporter at the time. He got super obsessed with the case. He wrote a book called Skyjack, The Hunt for D.B. Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you guys are such dorks know, it's such an easy joke and you just keep going back to it like you're fucking nine Sky years old okay hey I mean, hey what, want to come see me skyjack
2: I, mean, yeah, I wrote on. a book
0: called skyjack do you want to read it No. Nope. Yeah. what is it oh it's how to jerk off on a plane and not get caught in the me too generation um, so anyway he talks about how it took him four years to write the book long ac- jack but according to Gregory you know suspects died One guy almost died. Check this out. Okay. Because he went into a lake and he created a homemade submarine to try. (laughs) An anchor, you mean? <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> yeah. And I didn't even know they had homemade submarines. I guarantee you, they there's are. all that's it. There's there's two
1: kinds of submarines. <laughs> there's the military and homemade. That's yeah, it. that's it. Yeah, yeah. there's
0: not like, there's not a submarine store
2: to go no. to and be like, hey, can I get a junior yeah. fucking
0: uh, K19 Widowmaker? What maker? kind of job you doing? <laughs> Gail Maxwell,
2: she was a submarine uh, instructor. Your, here we go. She was a submarine instructor. damn right she was. Like the
1: one that was getting the kids. Yep. Really? That's yeah. how
2: she'd get him. She'd be like,
0: "Hey, come oh, yeah. into my submarine." Because once you're in a submarine, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> there's fucked. no getting out. Okay. Yeah, you you're ain't fucking. getting out. So then Gregory mentions that um, that th- you know there's deaths uh, uh, associated with the Cooper curse. Apparently, there was this guy named Carl Fleming and he, he figured out who D.B. Cooper was, and then it turns out his suspect was lying, so
2: Carl tried to kill himself. He couldn't is, deal with that's
1: it. That's just a level of dedication. But
2: uh, he tried to kill himself with a gunshot to the back of the head? I have no idea. Two but, gunshots to the back of the head? Oh,
0: Jesus, are we still going on about I mean, we're fucking... about a conspiracy. This is not, not <laughs> Epstein and the Jelaine show, okay? <laughs> so now, the, the, the doc takes us to this whole underworld of... Uh, the convention circuit there is a d there's a thriving community of db cooper super sleuth nerds that meet up and they it's like star trek but with db cooper okay now tom's still working his new theory all right so he's gonna keep working the the dick dick briggs angle um so he he did this is really weird he says he calls up the portland police department and quote says I said, I'm going to call him up and try and find some good old narcs.
1: Oh, I'm sure they were just real fucking happy about that. Hey, you guys busy? Because I'm looking for some old narcs from the 70s. Yeah, I'm a <laughs> white man.
0: Hey, guys, I'm a real piece of shit looking for yeah. a narc. Uh, so he finds a half a dozen friends that are friends of Dick Briggs's. Now, the, the first narc he finds is 80 years old. Guess what you're ready for the name? Pudgy Hunt. I get to say
1: this is why I mean, I, I'm with fucking Dave on this. There's just no way. Dick Briggs was talking to Pudgy Hunt. How so,
0: do you
2: how do you justify the I mean, names? These are street names.
0: <laughs> if you're they, slinging dope, you don't go by Dave Sarah. That, you go true. by slinging Sarah.
2: Yeah, Pudgy but, Hunt. That's what I'm saying. Like You have this whole intense investigation on who ghosts of people that are not real people. Okay, so let me just keep going.
0: So Pudgy Hunt connects Dick Briggs of course he does. to suspect robert rackstraw now this is important the guy that was originally at the top of the show that was Robert rock robert rackstraw at the marina okay so they they find pictures of robert rackstraw they determine he had military training he was in the army and he had parachute training but the thing that's so fucked up about this is tom's like this is this is it this is him but here's the fucking problem they, it's, Robert Rackstraw was interviewed in the 70s. He was detained. And now Tom is just figuring this out. It's like, this isn't news, fuckface. face. So, you know, the guy had a really checkered past. You know, he had fake IDs and they just kind of leave us hanging to be like, this is D.B. Cooper. And they fade out. So then it's time for episode two. We roll into episode two. Titled Innocent Man Don't Hide in Storage Bins. Okay? Unless they get caught skyjacking. Yeah. If you get caught <laughs> skyjacking, the first place you're going is in a storage bin. Oh my God, I don't want to go to jail. Um, <laughs> I, I had my dick out. I'm <laughs> sorry. Is there a storage bin I can jump into? Yeah. <laughs> you got a storage bin around here? My dick is out. Uh okay need some holes <laughs> for my so, dick. So we flash back to 1979. Again, this is what I was talking about. So we see this vintage newsreels and footage where Rackstraw was in solitary confinement because the feds thinks he did it back in the day. So when asked if he is D.B. Cooper back then, he responds with, I'm afraid of heights. These
1: guys never answer. That's the thing. No, that's,
0: just... that's the whole thing. So at this, this point, Tom says, guess what, bitches? It's time for me to assemble the ultimate Cold case team of 40 guys.
1: Also, so 40 guys (laughs) didn't get laid for 10 years. This fucking story just is getting better and better. The shitty
0: Voltron. So yeah. <laughs> so the first guy, I think he was like a, a former U.S. attorney. He says, I'm fairly certain no mystery can go unsolved. Except for where the G-spot is. <laughs> yeah. Still don't know. It's been years. I've been looking. They're all convinced Rackstraw has the pedigree. They're like, look, it's, it's it was under your noses the whole time, FBI. He's got military. He's got the training. Rackstraw's non-buddies talk about his top secret missions. Okay. And he was a helicopter pilot. And he was in like v- v- uh, rogue CIA missions where he was like in the platoon, but he'd like disappear for a couple of days, and he was quote a gutsy thrill seeker." okay So he gets out of Nam and gets popped for falsifying military records. He's got a domestic violence charge, and he's <laughs> run he's run out of the military. So he gets pissed and he writes the the military letter saying and threatening him, basically. And he says, "Um, I'd hate to use all the training you guys gave me to do something bad. So they get to his ex-wife, Linda, and apparently they were married for two years. And she's like, he wasn't the average Joe. All right. He liked excitement. We traveled. um, And I also caught him forging my name for a loan for a print shop. (laughs) <laughs> so and then things get a little darker so in 1977 uh, he he's uh, he's got a murder rap against his stepfather
1: yeah he like buried his stepdad uh, like right next to the house he's like i don't know how that got there
0: <laughs> yeah, right but uh, they're selling heavy machinery he was embezzling money and then they find his stepdad with a bullet in the back of his head buried on his own property so what does he do he pulls the fucking Vincent the Chin Gigante. He's like walking around in a bathrobe. He shows up to fucking jail or court in a wheelchair. All right. And he's acquitted. So he gets off. But then he gets caught kiting checks. And he's caught with explosives. Mm-mm. So get this. This is, this is cool. He rents a plane, flies it over the ocean, calls in a distress signal, and then pretends to like die and then lands it and then repaints the plane to pull an insurance rod. This guy's out. my hero. Yeah, no, I mean, the guy guy did his homework. He lived
1: a life. I and mean. the
0: FBI just keeps hounding him. And the one of the nerd detectives is so pissed, he says the FBI blew it. It was like right under the noses. They can't figure out and I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on with the clit <laughs> <You're right. laughs> we still
1: can't find fuck this Rackstraw guy where is this
0: guys, guy guys could we take a break and at least go to a bowling alley <laughs> yeah. where the chicks are maybe <laughs> yeah. we'll do a little bit better if we're not thinking about I haven't the seen a woman in three weeks <laughs> so they clearly connect that Rackstraw had connections to the CIA in the NAM. he worked for Bell Helicopters in Iran okay which according to one of the citizen sleuths would have been impossible without CIA clearance back in the day. They claim he was in Nicaragua during the Iran Contra affair. So Tom's convinced he was CIA because not only do they have these connections, but he bragged to six other women that he was in the CIA.
2: Yeah, and he knows a lot about airplanes. Yeah, because
1: if <laughs> you say you're in the FBI, you might get a hand job, but everybody yeah. if you're in the CIA, you're getting your dick sucked. Buddy, that's you're getting your right. balls cut. Yeah, the CIA. <laughs> has right? got a big difference. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. And that, not. A, they're, yeah, exactly. Oh, shit, you're
2: international. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right.
0: So let's get to a little bit more evidence here because there's a focus on the cigarette butts. Because he was focusing on the cigarettes, I'll tell you that. Because they say, we, we did exaggerate, he didn't smoke a carton, but they said he smoked eight cigarettes on the flight. Now, I think, according to common knowledge, it takes seven minutes to smoke a, a cigarette. So seven... You can only smoke four on a 38. I, not if you've
1: got a bomb in your lab. You're sucking those filters yeah. fuckers down. They're burning.
0: Yeah. So then there's this whole thing because they're like, well, we'll just go DNA test the cigarettes. Well, guess what? The FBI lost the cigarettes. Of course they did. Of course did. they did. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then people start saying, um, is it just me or does the FBI sketch look so generic that it could be anybody? It really
1: was. This picture, I mean, it could be any man in yeah. the United States.
2: It's the guy from Cable Guy. It really is. It's like, hey. It's the sketch artist from like the sketch <laughs> oh, of Cable yeah, yeah. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking...
0: <laughs> <laughs> so up. So, at this point, hundreds so of deathbed something. confessions come in. By the way, if I was dying back then, I'd do it too. I would too. I'd just be like, fuck you, government. I'm, I'm going to do, do it on my video. deathbed and it makes not right. make sense.
2: <laughs> yeah, to the government, you talk, mm-hmm. you're saying you're giving them... You're reworking the situation if you're talking to the government is what you're saying. Reports. are you giving him the real story?
0: Reports... I'm just going to ignore that you're talking. Reports (laughs) claim that there were sightings of flares on the Columbia River the night that he jumped out. Okay? So then we go back to 2013, and Tom finds a U.S. attorney that says you have enough evidence to indict Rackstraw. Okay? So Tom decided to confront Rackstraw because he wants to write a book or make a documentary. So he partners up with this Hollywood producer named James Jude Forbes, okay? So they hunt down his sister, Linda, they interview her for hours, and she says, yeah, I think he could have done it because he was angry at the time. Okay. So then they decide to ambush him in San Diego to confront him. By the way, he has a boat named Poverty Sucks.
1: Yeah. He has a boat called, <laughs> it, he has a boat named
0: I'm DB Cooper.
1: <laughs> Poverty Sucks. Uh, he's got
0: a boat that says, uh, I'm DB Cooper, but good luck trying to prove it, fuck yeah. faces. So I'm, we met him in his boat called Skyjacker. <laughs>
2: whatever happened to like Jenny One, Jenny Two, like Jesus Christ.
0: Um, yeah. The, actually, the boat was called, I did it, show me the clit, and I'll confess, you fucking nerds. <laughs> yeah. The boat was called, I'm
1: D.B. Cooper, but you can't prove shit.
0: So uh, James gets Rackstraw. Federal boob inspector. Here we go. <laughs> to, to, James gets Rackstraw to agree to an interview. Okay. And this is back to the top. They're all practicing what they're gonna say and you know, they're coming up with like different signs to like tip him off in case he's gonna do code. Hey, If you're D
1: B Cooper and you can't tell, it's just blink twice. <laughs> if you think you might be D B Cooper, I mean, what the fuck are these guys doing?
0: So Tom says my mission was to offer him the chance to be in a book or a movie about his life. Okay. Do you feel more like D B Cooper in the morning or more like yeah, D. B. <laughs> D B Cooper he- at night? <laughs> so Tom confronts him in front of his boat shop at the marina in San Diego. And there's multiple camera angles, okay? So there's like one in the car, there's another in the tree. And, you know, Bob, he sits down and he says, Bob, look, man, I've got a $25,000 cashier's check, okay? And he's waving at him. He's like, just come back to my hotel room and we can talk. He's like, <laughs> well, first off, I'm not gay, so let's, yeah, you can put that fucking check and shove it up your ass, queer. But he's like... If you just admit you're D.B. Cooper now, this is just the start of the money, okay? He says, if you agree, then you can tell your story, and then I get to write a book, and then the book turns into a documentary, and then there's a huge bidding war for the movie rights, and everybody gets to go home happy. He says, Bob, I've got two lawyers that say there's no way you'll do any jail time because nobody was hurt, all right? And Bob's like... Hey um I'm not fucking DB Cooper, all right? You need to get that through your head and most importantly 25 grand, that's all you're going to dangle at me. And then he looks at Tom and he goes, "By the way, can you take off the Google glasses?" Yeah. Yeah, he's like <laughs> he's Prototypes. like, "Are those Google glasses?" He's like, "No,
1: he's like they clearly like say Google glasses on the yeah. side." And he's like, The Prototype yeah. Google glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And, and, and and then no. all of a sudden we lose the angle from Tom's perspective of the Google glasses looking <laughs> get at Get the Bob. fuck yeah. out of here I swear Oh yeah, I Are you serious?
2: Yeah. So what? Like, oh
0: Apparently, they God. said Google and like the big like primary colors on the side of them. Like oh, They yeah. didn't have time to, to dumb them down. Oh, my God. So, you know, these dorks, they're just like, just come back to the hotel. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe he didn't want to go to the hell <laughs> tomb with those guys. Yeah, and these guys are scumbags. They're like, oh, we hate ambush interviews, and this wasn't an ambush interview. They had a gun. Yeah, and they knew karate. <laughs> yeah, they were learning. So they have an entire security team. You know, and like I said, they're running through like the security prot- protocols. If Bob, what if he whips mode. his
1: dick out off the boat? <laughs> what if he starts skyjacking? Yeah, because
0: here's the deal he's been known to skyjack. All right, so that ends episode two. So then we're going to roll into episode three, which is titled. Seeing Jesus in the Toast, okay? <laughs> now, do you remember the lady Fuck, that yes, saw I Jesus do. in the Toast? Close, I did. And it turned into, it's basically confirmation bias. Sure. That's what the whole subject or beginning of this doc is. Now, we fade in. We're back in LA, 2016. Now, Tom, at this point, has sold his documentary to the History Channel. It's called D.B. Cooper Case Closed. Now, as a part of this show, They bring in a retired FBI guy and a crime writer. So they're part of the cast on the show. But Tom says, I got bushwhacked and I got set up. So basically what the the documentary did is they brought in a flight attendant and they put Rackstraw in a lineup and she says, there's no way this was fucking him. All right. The FBI guy is convinced Rackstraw is not Cooper. The crime writer's like, dude, I don't know how to say this to you you have 93 pieces of evidence. Are any of those pieces evidence of the money or the parachute?
1: These guys have just a good a chance of finding D.B. Cooper as they do the clip. Let's just be honest. <laughs> We're back not, to the clip. Yeah, huh? Yeah, they're not going to find him.
0: <laughs> so Tom Filsey got set up. He's fucking pissed. And then even James, his producer, believes the FBI is right. So at this time, this is where it gets weird. This is when the FBI officially closes the D.B. Cooper case after the history documentary Thing comes out, so Tom says uh, the FBI con- co- colluded with the History Channel, and this is all a big fucking sham. He's pissed. He holds a press conference on the street. There's like three people there that care.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. I, yeah. It's really funny. They show him outside. It's like, oh my god! It's like when Gotti got no. There's for like four people. Other fucking nerds. <laughs>
0: yeah, more unfuckable white. Folks. So now <laughs> he's convinced. This is right up your angle, Dave. He can, he's convinced that the new conspiracy is that Rackstraw did indeed work for the CIA and the FBI let him go. Okay? So then it gets really personal. Tom flashes back to his childhood. And apparently when he was like fucking six or something, he went into a coma. And his dad is sitting there praying. The family's praying because they're worried that they're going to lose Tommy Jr. And he comes out of it and he goes, son, you were saved. Man, so, that
1: would have been such a loss.
0: Yes. <laughs> So Ted says, you need to find out why you're on this planet and why you're here. To look for D.B. Cooper. Yeah. So at this point, Tom says, fuck it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sue the FBI. So he sues the FBI and demands that all the files be released. So he gets a FOIA to go through. And then the FBI starts slowly dishing out um, uh, information. And the big thing that comes out from their first batch of files is that there were rare earth elements on D.B. Cooper's tie because they did find the tie that he was wearing. Now, at this point, we're, li- we're introduced to more convention guys. And one of the big convention guys, uh, he's this dude named Darren Schaefer, and he's got a, a podcast called The Cooper Vortex. And he is like, you know, he's the young kid on the scene. He's the one that they're kind of passing the baton to. He's got like 50 episodes on his podcast. And they're again, they start taking up the Jesus and the toast lady that, by the way, that was Jesus on that
1: toast. I don't know if you looked at it, but you're pretty sure I'm pretty sure I've seen a lot of shit on toast
0: and that was Jesus. But Tom's not giving up. And then they like the to- the community turns toxic against him because they're like, dude, you've All done the a- subreddit. Yeah. The subreddit the homeless. Yeah. They they're like, dude, you've done a lot of work and thank you for getting the FOIA stuff out. But Rackstraw's not your man. Okay. And Tom's not giving up. So what does he do? He reaches out to a reporter with the Indianapolis Star and he cause a huge knew, newspaper.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I went all the way to the Indianapolis Star and I said, if they can't get to the bottom of this, well, everybody
0: else same is paper turned paper that
2: picks up Bigfoot. Yeah. This yeah. is
0: everybody that's turned him down. And then Rackstraw, the guy from the star calls up Rackstraw and Rackstraw says, if you print anything, I'll sue the fucking crap out of you. And he still won't confirm or deny he's Cooper. And according to Darren Schaefer, there is a rumor in the community that Tom and Rackstraw are in cahoots, okay, and they're trying to do this purposely because they lost their chance to make money. So what we learn from the, the FOIA request is it comes out that Cooper wrote letters to the FBI, okay? This was never released before. And then Tom claims Rackstraw at this time approached him, but he won't talk to him, which makes zero sense. So if the guy you've been hunting and trying to get in hotel rooms all your life calls you, you're just saying you're not going to talk to him anymore. You've dedicated your entire life to this all of a sudden. Yeah. Now, this is when it goes down the rabbit hole. So they interview this guy named Rick Sherwood. Now, he's a former uh, NAM guy, and he's got some like, background in breaking codes. So on these D.B. Cooper letters that were sent to the FBI, there was a mysterious number on all the letters. And the number was 717171684. Now Ricky, he sits down for eight to 10 hours a day for two weeks. And he says, I cracked the code. And they're like, well, how'd you do it? And he goes, well, 371s is three sevens, which equals 21. Okay. Now if you're getting lost here, it's because they're using that code. I forget what it's called. Uh, I can't remember. Bullshit. Virgin, virginity. <laughs> no, it's when like A equals one, B equals uh, two. Yeah. Okay. So he's like, yeah, there were seven C's. That's 21. And he goes, well, our unit was called Army Security Agency. That's 21. It's called Simple English Gema- uh, Gematria. Yeah, Gematria. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. called I'm Russell Crowe, the fucking guy from Beautiful Mind. Nobody knows what's going on. Right. Anyway. And not only that, but this is all in my fucking head. Yeah. So anyway, then he says, then... Top secret also equals 21. So we have Army security agent equals 21, seven C's, which equals 21, and top secret, which is 21. So he's convinced he wrote the code. Now, here's where it gets even fucking weirder. In the last letter, he mentions, with the experience my, uh, my uncle taught me, I had to do something. Well, Sherwood's like, uncle means Uncle Sam. Okay, it's obvious. And then he says, at the very bottom, it says, and tell the lackey cops, D.B. Cooper is not my real name. So what does he do? He says, I'm going to take that portion of the sentence and tell the lackey cops. And then he says, well, that comes up to uh, 242. But then if I w- add the w- the two words, I'm and lieutenant, just well, adding comes shit. to 269.
1: Yeah. Just saying whatever he and wants. And he goes,
0: that was right my aha moment. He goes, 269 uh-huh. is the secret number. And then he says, uh, this is it. It was under our noses the whole time. And then some asshole's like, no, it wasn't because um, 269 also equals I am SpongeBob SquarePants. You fucking dork. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these guys, they
1: just, they're, they're is... reaching,
0: they're reaching.
2: This is like the, the, now you brought in a government shill to muck up oh, all Oh, so the you actual... think he's part of it too? Wow, there we go. Come on, all right, dude. So, this is all theater. So
0: time to fade in to an undisclosed disclosed location in the woods. And we meet Russ and Christy Cooper. No relation, <laughs> by the way. Now, Russ and Christy yeah, Cooper, somehow, Russ and Christy Cooper, by the way, not related to Dan or Pat Cooper that made the movies <laughs> yeah, about, about, about DB Cooper. You
2: know, before, are they really, is their name really Cooper? Yeah. Get the fuck out of yep. here. Yep. So these guys, these guys, out of are, the kindness of their hearts, this is like overloading the SEO on purpose, right here. Like, You're right. It's the algorithm. So, uh, yeah. Come on.
0: Okay. So these guys have a line on a man named Wally that claims he was a co conspirator. That was on the ground, and he loaded up the money and the bomb, and then they dumped fifty thousand dollars of the money and the bomb into a lake to make it look like he drowned. Okay, so then they claim they flew DB Cooper back to Portland, and that he ultimately went to Las Vegas. So the hundred and fifty k and a parachute was loaded up and taken to another location. So what they do? Their mission now is to go find the parachute. Okay But it's an undisclosed location At this point It's basically turned into The Curse of Oak Island <laughs> And you know they're never yeah, Going to fucking never gonna find, find shit Fuck okay? those shows by the way Fuck them all I can't handle it. There's another one Where Hitler's they're looking gold.
1: for gold Yeah and it's like They never find anything But yeah. every episode They're like We know this is it We're going to yeah. find it so, No you're not
0: They make a finding They ha- they make a discovery They find a piece of What looks like a burlap sack It could have been anything And a pipe Yeah, yeah. And a pipe A metal pipe mm. And um, I remember this, actually. They t- it turns out it's a piece of nylon. So they're like, it's got to be from the parachute. Just keep in mind, it's also the site of an old logging site where they would have all that kind of shit there, <laughs> pipes and nylon and burlap sacks. Yeah. They give it to the FBI. There was the a F- tree. <laughs> the FBI doesn't do anything with it. So at this point, they're convinced the FBI knows it's legit and they're sitting on it. So then we go back to Gregory and we go back to the culture. Uh, Culture and Greg says, Yeah, at this point, I don't have a crush on the suspect right now. Keep swiping, Greg. God damn, Greg. What a weirdo. (laughs) Greg is, you know, Greg lost his life and he came out of the K hole. And then he's just like, I'm a normal guy, but every time now and then I dip my toes back in to try and find a suspect. He's, you know what he is? He's bi curious uh, Cooper. Oh, boy. He's Cooper curious. Yeah. So then. The D stands for, I mean, the B stands for buy. Right. So then there is a whole nother angle that the, the documentary shifts to. And that's that Dan Cooper was actually the n- name of a very French comic book character that jumped out of airplanes. Okay. So episode Charlie Hebdo? What's that? Nothing. Episode, Fucking Canadians. Episode four is called Cooperland. And again, we go back to the circuit, but uh, the Cooper cons are everywhere. All right, there's a DB uh, Cooper escape room. You know what that is? That's yeah, that's a weird. it's basically a
1: chance of not ever getting not late. late. ever. Yeah, because they lock the women in there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "You got to talk to us now." Hey, you can't leave. He um, I mean, sounds
2: perfect for a virgin if you're with a woman in there.
0: But here's here's how the Dan Cooper comic book theory gets introduced. So there was a very famous series called The Adventures of Dan Cooper by an artist by the name of Albert Weinberg. It's French and Belgium, and it was about a Royal Canadian Air Force pilot named, you guessed it, Dan Cooper. Okay? So there were stories in the comic books that paralleled the case, hijackings. He wore a black tie. He always carried a briefcase. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. We learned in the 60s, now here's where it gets weird, Dave. In the 60s, we learned that because of the Cold War, Canada cut their RCAF budget and dismissed 500 pilots. The last thing Canada needs to be doing is getting rid of any military. So, right. So it could be a bit a guy that got laid off and had a grudge. Wait, is this when they switched to horses? <laughs> no that no, this is a real They really switched to horses I think
1: Churchill was trying to like Get in there like We have these horses No this is
0: the 70s The Royal Canadian Mounties Were along before that Regardless So Were they
2: using Moose before
0: <laughs> I think so So they go to the tie evidence Now this is very important To these guys This guy This one guy Comes on the circuit And he's like Hey I got a vintage 1976 electron mi- microscope <laughs> Talk about puss bait, you know what I mean? He's like bringing out his big guns, and he and he takes a look at the the skinny tie, and finds titanium, but not just titanium, with stainless stainless steel smashed into it. And not only was it titanium, it was commercially pure titanium. It was not an alloy, and at that time, it was only available in two places. Any guesses?
2: Aerospace industry,
0: and the chemical industry. Hmm. Okay, or maybe
2: it's just fragments of it, or was his tie like made of it, or no, no, just fragments. He might have just bumped into somebody.
1: Okay, so hey, he he swung by Dupont, and then he got a job at the Boeing factory. I mean, come get
2: the fuck out of here, dude! He's skyjacking. This guy's sipping pina coladas. Yeah, it's uh, fucking. Maybe he actually ran ran
0: into the actual Dupont guy that murdered that fucking wrestler. Uh oh. Yeah.
2: Foxcatcher anybody oh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah. yeah yeah dude they made him look so gay in that movie yeah. <laughs> well
0: there's also a documentary where he's himself yeah. and he doesn't look exactly straight in that either
2: well yeah he is a little weird too okay okay so
0: at this point the FBI they go to the Canadian Air Force Base to investigate try and get a little help but Canada doesn't want to help out okay that's a little weird right maybe not I guess.
2: I mean, they don't have a lot of bodies.
0: Oh, come on, dude. Canada gets so much shit because they don't have a lot of population. They have huge territory, but come on. They're, they're our friends. I love Canada. So good the big bitches. break the big breakthrough that comes through this is one of the, the Royal air force guys, the French Canadians that they're talking to. He, he's well, well aware of the Dan Cooper, you know, comic books. And he brings up a very good point. He says on the night of the hijacking, Dan Cooper requested quote, negotiable American currency, unquote. So his point is, if you're an American, why would you request American currency?
1: Because you, because we're adults, and we don't want to sound like assholes asking for loonies and toonies. Oh, I like a
0: toonie. Yeah. <laughs> I like a toonie. You ever have a toonie in your hand? I have. You put it in a fucking, uh, uh, what do you call it, a vending machine, and uh, you get like three things, because it's worth two bucks. <laughs> so anyway, the FBI... They say, "Look, we have eighty thousand pages, and we're willing to release them, but only five hundred pages a month." Which somebody nerd breaks down the math. They're like, "Well, that'll take twelve years to fully release all the docs."
1: Yeah, because mathematically speaking, if you release five hundred a month over twelve years, it's going to sound out. I am D.B. Cooper. Or if they yeah. get the Javontry
0: out,
2: yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, well, it, question is: yeah. a uh, is a loony bin in uh, Canada uh, the dollar bin? Boy, man, oh, you man. waited
0: this long to pull out your best. It was a for, it was crafted
2: though. I don't want to just interrupt your little <laughs> joke. It, it, your it little was a bit little you had over all here. All right. So Colbert
0: then petitions the feds for Rackstraw's document first. He says, "Don't give me the fucking 500 pages at a time. Give me the good shit on Rackstraw." And then Rackstraw, in response, goes to the feds and say, "No, you're not releasing this shit." And he actually do- draws a diagram of Colbert shoveling shit into a funnel, which if you drink and shit out the next day, actually spells IMDb <laughs> so. Oh, Ah, a meme guy, huh? <laughs> yes, he is. The court denies Colbert's request for discovery, so they do give him the stuff. But this is when Colbert has a full-blown nervous breakdown, <laughs> okay? And his wife's like, about time, motherfucker. You start feeling my pain. So he has this big nervous breakdown, and he's like, I forgot how to type. And, um, and fuck. He's like, <laughs> my wife had to put me in front of a TV to snap out of my temporary paralysis.
1: God, he's that much of a fucking nerd. Yeah.
0: yeah. She's either like, you fuck me now or we're getting a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> then here's where it gets really kind of sad. Rackstraw just up and dies. He kicks the bucket.
2: Oh, come on. Yeah. yeah. He poisoned him.
0: Yeah. So Colbert, wife. after Rackstraw dies, Colbert's like, look. I respect the man, but he broke the law and he's D.B. Cooper. So then we take one final flashback. We go back to 1975 and we're with Rackstraw's uh, ex-wife. And she goes, you know, it's funny because he always had a briefcase. And one day she opened it up when it was unlocked. And guess what she finds? Dildos. No. <laughs> Crackers. A A toupee. And a mustache. She's like, I can't believe I've been fucking this
1: bald piece of shit for 10 years.
0: Don't
2: touch my hair. Don't touch my hair.
0: So here's the thing. Rackstraw, he would go around and pretend to be Ronald Reagan's personal pilot. Such a stud. Yeah. And he'd call the Playboy Club in L.A. at the time and say, hey, I'm Ronald Reagan's personal pilot. Um, so make sure that I have a table up front. And so that's, easy back then. So,
1: I tried to do that a few weeks ago, but I said Ronald Reagan's pilot instead <laughs> of, yeah. <laughs> it was like what?
0: So a bunch of former FBI guys come out at this point and they say, look, we pretty much think Rackstraw was D.B. Cooper. And at this point, some, some girl off camera, she goes like, hey, Tom, how much did you spend on this? And Tom says, I spent 200000 which was the same amount that was stolen which is also the same amount that the reward money is.
2: Oh. So they extracted $400,000 from the I don't know if they adjusted from the it. Taxpayers, basically. Yeah, basically but they didn't adjust the it for FBI inflation.
0: Did. Um and now here's where it also kind of gets weird. So you have all the FBI guys saying it was fucking rockstraw and it happens to be uh, Jim Tom's partner from the history channel shit. Okay. And he's like he fucking flips and he was like, "Dude, I'm sorry. I've gone through all this evidence. We did a show together. Rackstraw is not the guy. Boom. Boom. They no longer speak now. Okay? But Tom claims he's moved on. No, he hasn't. Exactly. <laughs> he's, no, he's not. No, he hasn't. Because guess what? He said, well... Still guess
2: looking what? for the G spot? <laughs> <laughs> guess
0: like, Where's what? the clit? He's like, guess what I'm working on now? And he's like, uh, I'm gonna solve the Zodiac killer. You couldn't uh, find D.B. Uh, e. Cooper. Yeah, and then he goes, but see, guess what? That's these not psy-ops. it. All they all mix it's together. Fucking, like, I, I he just like, won't quit. He he's not throw him Zodiac, dude. He,
2: he's not done. Guess what yeah. else he's gonna solve? J.J. H.H. Uh, H. H. Holmes. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. we already know imagined. about him. No, he uh, says if he's if he's a uh, uh, Jack uh, Jack the Ripper. Oh, that's right. No, that's right. They says, thought he was in Austin.
0: He says he knows where the remains of Jimmy Hoffa's body is. Oh, no, he doesn't. Oh, yeah, all you got to do is watch fucking the new Scorsese movie. That's right. That's how find out knows. where he is. He knows where the shield from Raiders of the Lost Ark is. I from, paint houses.
2: The uh, Last Crusade, excuse me. Yep.
0: So he, that's a wrap. That's pretty much how it ends. And uh, I guess at this point, we should break down favorite parts. What was your favorite part of the documentary, Dustin?
1: him smoking on a plane yeah just because back. you can't do anything in the airports anymore so to me it's just just a glorious time so
2: in the end they just let th- make you think that it's just not rackstrom
0: no, it's open-ended. Oh! Uh, it's not Rackstrom. And then it breaks to a curse Rack of Oak Rock. Island. Yeah, <laughs> and then <laughs> they're like, tune in it. next week on Oak Island. <laughs> yeah, you're, the, wait Bi- a second. Where <laughs> Bill the Mailman and Marty decide to drill their 38th hole in the ground. There's yeah, no yeah, money
1: man. in finding these people, guys.
0: It's the, it's the search. That's it's how it's going to go. But um, I would say my favorite part was the guy, the codebreaker who he's just like, well, it was 269. And then I just added the words I'm and lieutenant, and it makes total sense. Yeah,
1: he was the easiest test grader in high school. Well, if you just move this around, then yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who cares
0: what president was what president? Yeah, there's no bell curve on her. All you got to do is show up and you're going to get an A. (laughs) So what about worst part? I don't know. I probably think that guy. <laughs> yeah, probably no, the I, fucking think, I think I I think got to go with, like, Cringe Bart was Google Glasses. Oh, God. He's like, dude, I can see
2: your yeah, Google Glasses, on, you man. dumb
0: fuck. The karate,
1: like, practicing karate.
2: That, was that just makes it seem like it's like a product placement on a television yeah. show. I don't
0: even know what Google Glasses are. I, so know, so I know that, that if you have, out, you're a really. fucking nerd.
2: They yeah. came out for a little while, and they're just really garbage. Oh, because they were just shit? Yeah. They try to do kind of like an augmented reality kind of thing also. I mean, because if you ask me, this Uh whole thing is people are retiring from the FBI or something. Uh They probably are dirty in other ways. They're like, let's do one last thing. Get a few hundred thousand bucks out of it. Okay. So here's my question. Everybody's in on it. Here's my question. Do you guys think it was Rockstraw? I don't even know. It doesn't even matter at that point who it is because the whole FBI and or CIA are in on it. It's not like one guy doing it so you never find out because it's not one guy doing it it's really five guys so your your story falls apart everywhere you look yeah maybe
1: he never even jumped out of the and plane I, <laughs> And then
2: like you make you yeah very
1: possible yeah
2: I, dude i saw the picture of who they think db cooper looks like just some regular generic dude with glasses mm-hmm. short hair and a mustache the yeah. easiest just the easiest thing to
0: i i personally don't think it was rackstraw and i don't think any of these suspects are legit I think if you're this smart to pull off this job, you're smart enough to keep your fucking mouth shut. I hope it was the trainee. Or or it was a D gen gambler <laughs> who had military training and he did, you know, end up in Vegas and just gambled through it. Yeah. And just,
2: it could be that too. I mean yeah. it, honestly it could be like a guy like a rogue, just a guy that just has a lot of training. With airplanes. My point or, is if you're
0: that good to get away with it, you're gonna be smart enough not to fucking fly it's like the scene in Goodfellas. What are you fucking it, doing? Yeah, you just yeah. bought Stop a fur buy it. comb. Don't buy anything. Get Don't get this buy it. fucking yeah. back to the shop. You're not gonna be that guy if you're this smart.
2: Yeah, but and also too, like you it takes a real pro to have the confidence in yeah. the seventies to hijack a plane with just a and or whatever. Yeah. And then to steal the money and jump out of a fucking airplane. Yeah, just keep in mind, below. they
0: never found the bomb. Mm-mm. So that could Tell be a th- the
2: guy to fly at 220, whatever the, feet. I'm telling I'll, you, I'll whatever,
0: if they fucking, if that guy that built the submarines gets his shit together and gets a fucking submarine that doesn't sink and they find the bomb that, that would be the ultimate evidence, I think. So, you know, someone's going to keep trying to find it. Of course. So, um, I, uh, let's go ahead and rate the show. How many dockings do you give <laughs> three <laughs> dockings? <laughs> three I'm, out I'm five. or ten? That's out of four.
2: Three out of four. Yeah, yeah. You're giving it three Wait, out of four docking? Is, yeah. Can we stop for a second? Yeah. Why is it three out of four? It's not. Why four stars? Four I, stars?
0: It's always four star movies, man. <laughs> it was Leonard Malton always did four stars. And then these assholes turned it to five. And to then IMDb it. was like, we need 10. It's four. But you can do halves. You can do two and a half dockings. If we
2: didn't have the 10 star. We wouldn't have a 1.7 this is comedy a, special. This rating. is. <laughs> 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 here you go.
0: This is a two star yeah. documentary. Uh, doc, docking in my opinion two-star uh, docking two-star docking um i think uh you're better off just listening to this podcast and not <laughs> watching it yeah please uh it sounds like some government shills shit for somebody to say if you ask me well why don't you go watch it and come back and tell us what you thought next week or you next want us just to keep Oak doing Island. all the no, 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 um so that's it that's a wrap for uh db cooper where are you i want to thank you guys all for listening uh, more importantly, if you love the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. For some reason, and I don't know why it is this way, Apple owns the algorithm. So if you're listening on Apple, please give us the thumbs up and then write us a review. You know, uh, those help so much. And, and then, of Spotify. course, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Play or wherever you listen to your favorite podcatcher. Uh, leave us some kind words. And more importantly, send us a DM. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. Um, a couple of notes. Uh, next week, we are going to be covering... You guys ready for this? Let's hear it. Running with the
2: devil! Oh, I
0: cannot yeah, wait for the this The Wild one. World of John McAfee. So Maybe look out I'll for watch that. this one. And then uh, show notes. We have a show this Saturday... August 27th, I'm performing in Hellendale, California on the Campfire Comedy Show at 9 p.m. So look out for my tweets and my uh, Instagram messages on that. Dustin, you're going to come with me. That's right. So uh, again, Campfire Comedy, uh, Saturday, August 27th at 9 p.m. Guys, reach out to us, drop us a DM.
2: We're lonely. Discord. We We love you.